You're listening to episode number one, the one where I tell you the number one reason why your diets failed and what to do instead. I'm master at life and weight loss coach, Jillian Lama, and you're listening to the Body You Crave podcast, where you'll learn how to end emotional eating, lose excess weight, and feel amazing in your body. No cheating required. Keep listening, and I'll show you how. Hello, hello. Oh, I'm so excited to get started with this podcast. And, you know, I debated for a long time which podcasts were going to be in this launch, in this first release. What should I do first, second, and third? Really the order of what makes the most sense. And the reason why diets fail, I think, is a really important one to talk about. And that's why we're starting off with it. We're not being around the bush. We're going to dive straight in because there is so, so much to talk about here. So, the number one reason diets fail and you gain the weight back. So I want to challenge you and what you think it means for a diet to work or to fail. Because often we think that a diet works because we lost the weight. But I want to invite you to think about a diet working as losing weight and never gaining the weight back again, which means that you can stop telling yourself that all those diets you did in the past, that they actually worked because you temporarily saw a drop in the scale. And instead, remind yourself that those didn't work if you gained the weight back. Whether it was three weeks later, three months later, three years later, if you gain the weight back, the diet did not work. So for today's purposes, we're talking about diet failure as either not losing the weight or gaining the weight back, which we can all relate to. We have all been both of those places at some point in our life. So we've all been trained, maybe brainwashed, into thinking that there's a secret formula or magical set of foods to eat that'll have us dropping pounds like nobody's business. But you're not actually thinking about what you truly enjoy eating. You're looking for somebody else to tell you what to eat. You think that you have to suffer or deprive and restrict in order to lose weight. And so the goal is often to do this for as short amount of time possible, maybe two to three months, and then you can go back to eating the food you love right? Like, let me just hit it hard, restrict, deprive, and then I'll go back to my old ways. And so the way that you lose weight is not actually the way you want to live your life long term. So you create a very unrealistic diet plan instead of thinking about what you can do for the rest of your life without hating your life. And that last piece is critical. So diets fail because you're too restrictive and unrealistic about what you can do long term. If you want to maintain your weight loss, you've got to practice losing your weight the way you will live it. Now, this always plays out when you try to go from diet mode into maintenance mode. You never taught yourself how to have a healthy relationship with food, with all food. You simply told yourself what was good, bad, or evil. And so you don't know how to eat just a little and be satisfied. You don't know how to go back to eating real food instead of prepackaged or frozen foods. You don't know how to enjoy the holidays, travel, work functions, or special occasions. All you know how to do is deprive and restrict. We know all or we know nothing. We restrict and deprive or we binge and go head first. Sound familiar? So how do you lose your weight and keep it off for good? Well, you've got to start by changing your relationship to food, right? We've got to stop moralizing food so that way you can stop moralizing yourself. Okay, so when we moralize food, we say that some food is good, some food is bad. But now we start to moralize ourselves about how good I was, right? Have you ever told yourself this? Like, I was so good today, I didn't eat the chocolate cake. Or I was so good today, I had a salad at lunch. 
or, oh, I was so bad last night. I had three glasses of wine or I had the pasta or I had the pizza, right? And so we moralize ourselves now. And this is a tricky habit. I noticed myself doing this even after I started coaching. I was like, oh my gosh, I still do it. I'm still, you know, wanting to make myself feel proud because I said no to the bad food. And so what we have to do is recognize that all food is good food. Food is good, period. We can then have lists and start to segment out what food might be better or best and have a tier up, but all food is good, which means the pasta, the pizza, the carbs, the fat, the meat, all the things, these foods are good. Nothing is off limits. And so I teach clients how to create realistic eating plans instead of diet plans, because the diet plans have you restricting and depriving, and often that leads to binging. And what we've found through clinical research is that when given access to these forbidden foods, when we start to drop these restrictions, binging decreases, the overeating decreases. You don't have to overeat now because you know you can have that any other day you want, right? When we're not restricting and depriving, we can loosen that death grip we have around food. So let's talk a bit about the difference between realistic plans versus diet plans. Because when it comes to weight loss, it's just really ingrained that we create a diet plan, right? We create foods that we think we should be eating or avoiding the foods that we should not be eating. A realistic plan though is doable, enjoyable, and it's foods you actually like, not foods that somebody else told you you should be eating. The way that I like to think about this is that I am an eight out of 10 or better. So when it comes to food and that I enjoy, and I'll do this with wine or cocktails or, or anything, but I have to enjoy my food. It has to be an eight out of 10 or better on my enjoyment scale. If it's not, I don't eat it. That's a no. Like I'm not, I'm not messing around, which means there have been times that I've poured out bottles of wine because it was terrible and life is too short to drink bad wine, y'all. Okay, same thing goes with food. Eat food that you actually enjoy. And see, the thing about creating a realistic plan and having it to where no food is ever bad or off limits. Let's say I try something new. I try a brownie or a sundae or pizza and I end up not liking it. And so I decide I'm not going to eat it. Well, it wasn't a cheat meal. It was just a regular meal. And so that means I can still plan something different for the next day. It's not like, oh, well, this was my one time to eat off plan. This was my one time to cheat. This was my one time for dessert this week. So you're screwed. You better eat it now. Otherwise, you're not going to get it for a week. And that sucks, right? Like if I don't like something, I don't want to, I don't want to eat it. There's no point in doing that. So you've got to meet yourself right where you're at right now. And then we make 1% level ups. We make 1% improvements. We start to implement tiny habits to actually make our habits stick. And so I teach clients how to make these plans before they get hungry. (laughs) So you make your plan for the day at the beginning of the day, or you can make it the night before. I like making mine the morning of. You make a plan for the week. So I like to plan out my week on like a Sunday afternoon after lunch. I'm not hungry and I plan out here are all the meals that I want to eat. And then from a daily perspective, now it becomes really easy to decide what I'm going to have each day because I've already outlined here are the meals I've made. Here's what I'm planning to make. It just becomes super simple when I already have a weekly plan to then take those and put them into different days that I want. So when you make your plan ahead of time, number one, you don't tap into willpower in the moment. You don't rely on willpower to try and make the right decision. And piggybacking off of that, two, don't end up running into decision fatigue because you're never going to make the best decision in the moment at 6 p.m. when everyone's hungry and your kids are clingy and you've had a stressful day and you've had to make a dozen other decisions all day long. Because in that moment, you're simply going to revert back to what your habit brain has always done. 
side note. So this is why you can have the best of intentions every morning, but by 4 p.m., you're reaching for the chips, the cookies, the soda to keep you going. You're simply in that habit. We can have the best of intentions every morning, but when we run right into those same problems, we're hungry at 6 p.m., I don't know what to do, we just go back to that old habit. Ah, let's grab some mac and cheese. Ah, let's order a pizza. And so we want to break that habit and we want to start retraining ourselves on how we do this. And we want to look at making it realistic, which means it's enjoyable. It's full of foods that you love. And I want you to plan those foods first, like plan in the foods that you love first. It's okay. (laughs) You can. But the only way you can do this, the only way we learn how to start doing this and to start moderating is when we drop moralizing food, when we stop saying that certain foods are good or bad. All foods are good. So I want you to start by putting in all your good food. Next, I want you to make a couple little level ups, a couple little tweaks. We're going to make some foods better. What might that look like for you? Again, still eating the foods that you love, still having, having those in there and enjoying everything that you're eating. But now we're just going to take it up a notch. What can you make better each day? So when we make it realistic, it allows it to be sustainable, which means that we can get off of this all or nothing diet thinking. Because you might be able to buckle down for six or eight weeks and lose some weight initially, but it doesn't stay off because eventually you'll need a break. You're going to need some sense of relief from that diet. So you stop for a few weeks, maybe you stop for a few months, it becomes harder and harder to get back on track, to go back to the diet, go back to the deprivation, go back to that restriction. Because every time you gain the weight back, it destroys your self-confidence and self-belief. Every time you try something new or go back to what used to quote work in the past, well, this worked at one point, only to end up right back where you started without any significant change, the negative self-talk gets louder and more vicious. And you start to question whether you'll ever be able to lose the weight and keep it off. Maybe you'll start to wonder if something's wrong with you. Maybe you'll be just stuck in this body forever. You see, this is the problem with diets. Diet plans only give you massive restriction and deprivation. So it's only natural that you'll eventually feel overwhelmed and want some kind of relief. And because you haven't taught yourself how to talk to yourself any differently, how to handle stress or triggers, your brain only knows how to cope with food. So realistic plans are plans that you don't need a break from on the weekend. You don't need a break from when you're traveling or it's the holidays. It's a plan that works with your lifestyle and your psychology instead of against it. You see, you get into trouble when you think that you need this 90-day shred to lose 30 pounds and then you'll figure out how to sustain it. You think that you can go from something super restrictive into moderating, but you can't moderate when you're at war with food. When food is good or bad, when certain foods are evil, when you now become bad based on what you ate, you are at war with food and you can't moderate when you're there. Moderation just is not an option. So this is the number one challenge, not being able to make that transition into something realistic and doable long-term after the restrictive diet. Because you can't moderate when your brain keeps telling you that you're bad or that you ruin the day. So you've got to learn how to listen to your body and trust its natural hunger and satiety cues. You've got to learn how to stop punishing yourself down the scale because when that's all you're doing, that's all you'll know how to do in order to maintain the weight loss because how you get there is how you'll be there. And eventually you're going to need a break from all that punishment if that's what you're doing. So the solution is to practice sustainability now, today, right? Not needing life to be perfect, not needing all your family members to get on board with your new plan, not needing the holidays to be over or your kids to go back to school in person full time. It's just to get started and you start practicing it today. Now, again, this is a simple thing, but it doesn't always feel easy. 
because we still struggle with this. We struggle with realistic plans. Number one is because we keep thinking that food is good or bad or off limits. And other people around us support that notion. (laughs) My husband, bless his heart, will ask me, are you sure you want to eat that? Right? He knows that, you know, and this is in the past when I was trying to lose weight and I would want some ice cream or I'd be eating ice cream and he'd be like, "Mm, are you sure you want to do that? And he had good intentions. He was just trying to help me think about the long-term things that I wanted in life. But I had to be so firm in my conviction that trying to restrict any of these, quote, bad foods, trying to restrict the ice cream only left me with increased desire and overeating later. And so I was able to lose weight while on vacation, while eating dessert or drinking wine nearly every night because I wasn't doing it to hide or avoid my negative thoughts or negative feelings about myself or about anything else in my life. I didn't have to binge on it because there was no future restriction. It wasn't going to be the last time this week I was going to get this. I can have one portion of ice cream every single night and trust that, hey, I might still have that desire for more. I might want more in the moment, but I know that I can plan it for tomorrow and the day after that and the day after that and the day after that, which means I don't need to binge on it. I've had chocolate and cake and ice cream in the freezer, in the pantry for months because I know, hey, it's always there. It's never off limits. It's never a problem. And so when we can drop that stigma around food being bad or food being off limits or not good or any of these kind of stigmas that we often get from just this diet culture, we can learn how to create a healthy relationship with all food where we don't have to overeat or binge on it. This is how we can moderate because we're not looking to fill an emotional void with food. So you might also be thinking, well, if I make my plan realistic, I'm going to start looking at it and be like, well, I can't do this and actually lose weight. Like I can't eat Pop-Tarts for breakfast and still lose weight. And maybe not, but you need to start having this conversation with yourself now before you eat it, not after when you're likely to curl up in your shame shawl and feel like an ass about it. That's typically when we're doing that is after the fact and we're beating ourselves up and all this regret and remorse. And we think, oh, why did I do that? I can't believe I did that again. Something is seriously wrong with me. I'm just going to restrict more and try harder tomorrow. That's usually what ends up happening instead of having that conversation before we eat and looking at, all right, it's the fifth day in the week that I plan Pop-Tarts for breakfast. Maybe I can do something different or maybe I can level up and today I'm going to do a side salad instead of the chips. It's just about making these small, simple, sustainable plans. Now, again, (laughs) leads me into point number three, sustainable we often equate with as being slow. And this will totally hose you because nobody wants to take the long road anywhere and definitely not when it comes to weight loss. I get it. But you spend months and months putting the weight on and then you expect it to come off within like one to two months, all because we hear some glorified story about how so-and-so lost 30 pounds this month. We become very impatient and I get it. I'm impatient too, but we just have to recognize this and just understand and give ourselves a little compassion and empathy that, oh, like When I think of, when I hear the word sustainable, I automatically cringe and think no, because I'm thinking it's going to be slow, that it's going to take forever, right? So just be aware of where your brain goes when you think about creating a sustainable weight loss plan, right? It's going to be hard to talk yourself into doing something if you keep thinking this is taking forever or this is taking too long, right? Creates that feeling of impatience, anxiousness, restlessness, maybe irritation, frustration, So I guarantee that a sustainable, realistic plan will create the results you crave with more speed and way more ease than if you were to keep doing these diet sprints over and over again. So let's do a little math here, just 
to really paint the picture. So I want you to imagine you lose 30 pounds in two months and then you spend the next two months gaining the 30 pounds back. So then you spend the next two months losing 30 pounds and then gaining the 30 pounds back and then losing the 30 pounds and then gaining it back. So after 12 months, where are you? You're right back where you started with 30 pounds to lose. But imagine you lost four pounds every month. So after 12 months, a year later, after losing four pounds and four pounds and four pounds and just letting it compound after a year, you'd have lost nearly 50 pounds. So with a diet sprint of of gaining and losing and gaining and losing back and forth and trying to lose and then gaining it back, you end up with a zero pound net loss because you're just playing with the same 30 pounds instead of creating a realistic, sustainable plan that might feel slower short term, but ultimately creates a 50 pound weight loss for the year, right? So of course, we're going to look at the 30 pounds in 60 days as being like, oh yeah, I'd I'd much rather lose 30 pounds than eight. Of course I would. But the real question is always going to be, where do you want to be in 12 months? Where do you think you're going to be in 12 months? Because we can have the best of intentions, but if we never learn how to create a realistic plan, we will never maintain our weight loss goals. We're going to have to keep dieting and depriving. And at some point, mentally, emotionally, we're not going to be able to do that anymore. So if you hate what you're doing in the gym or with your food or with any other lifestyle requirement, you're never going to get the results you want because you're never going to stick with it long-term. This is why if, if, if you're like me, I used to think, well, if they would just tell me what to do, then I would do it. If they would just tell me what to eat, then I would eat it. But that doesn't work. It's total bullshit. And you've got to start calling yourself on it. Because number one, what somebody else eats is not going to be the same as what your body needs. Not only do you have different tastes and preferences to begin with, but what works for their body may not work for your body. And that's okay. There is not one set of rules or formula that is going to work for every single person on this planet. And One of the biggest issues that I see with weight loss coaches today is they say, well, because I lost weight this way, you can lose weight this way. You should be able to lose weight this way. And if you can't, there's something wrong with you, right? I love broccoli and Brussels sprouts and cauliflower. I've got a lot of clients who don't like those foods and that's okay. They still lose weight eating the foods that they enjoy and learning how to eat them consciously, not behind their own back. They're not trying to hide it. They learn how to eat it confidently, how to make these decisions for themselves. Because look, if it's not fun, enjoyable, if the food doesn't taste good, it's not sustainable, which means you always go back to those old habits. So a lot of times we think that if we like the result enough that we can just continue to suffer and deprive and punish with certain diets and exercise programs that don't actually serve your needs right now. But that's not how your brain is wired. That's not how my brain is wired. This is why diets fail. It's time to create a realistic eating plan you can do for the rest of your life without hating your life and show yourself that you can lose weight eating the foods you love. It is 100% possible. So if you'd like my help creating a realistic plan that works for you and your body and your lifestyle, then I would love to help. So you can visit bodyyoucrave.com to learn more. Diets don't work and that's okay. We don't need a diet plan. You need a realistic eating plan that works for you and your body and your lifestyle that works with your tastes and your preferences and your psychology. Okay. All right. That's it for today. I will see you next time.
If you like this episode, then you'll love my free virtual workshop, Five Keys to End Emotional Eating and Lose Excess Weight for Life. You'll learn the counterintuitive reason why all your attempts to restrict food over the years has actually led to weight gain and the mental switch you need to flick that'll have you dropping pounds without sacrificing wine, carbs, or the food you love. Get all the details at bodyyoucrave.com.